Hey, everybody. It's the holiday season, and here we are back in the studio. That catchy little ditty gets me every time. I start uh, tapping my feet. Katie's over there rocking back and forth in her big chair. We need to add some jingle bells to it just for the season. Just yeah. Like, that would yeah. not sound good with that. Well, I say we do it anyway. I'm okay. not the composer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't You're the think, producer. I don't think Shane would be happy with us. All the more reason to put do some it. jingle bells in his song. Once uh, again, he does not listen, so it yeah. does not matter. He wouldn't know. So would never yeah, know. Okay, we're going to do that. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. But anyways, my name is Kelly Turner, and I am not a doctor. Scott Wright, mediocre journalist. Katie Givens, not a lawyer. We start this week with a few shout outs. Yeah. Scott, what's yours? You oh, got I don't a shout have one. Out? Oh, no, I was gonna, well, I've got one, but I didn't pull it up because you said you had a couple, so I thought we would just do yours. All right, let's start with Katie. Okay. Well, uh, first one is to Lynn Cole. She uh, answered our little Q&A on Spotify, oh, which okay. we Excellent. love when people do that. Love um, it. Gave us a little little response there, so shout out there. We had five stars. It's not a. Oh, it's not, it's one not of a those. review. Yeah. It's a okay. like when it's, it says, "What do you think of this episode?" And you can. And she said, "Yay." She said, "Great episode, but such a sad story." Uh, she's a native Alabamian, and she had never heard of the story. And yeah, she thanked I us. Either. She thanked us for remembering the victim should be the focus. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. I encourage everybody to to take some time and visit Orr Park if you can and see the 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 trees with the carvings in them at Montebello. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go see that, that is something I'm going to have to do. Yeah, make it a uh, maybe in the springtime. It'd probably be a great uh, thing to do. Yeah, don't go today. It's miserable bit. outside. Yeah, well, it is today. It won't be as you listen. Maybe it's uh, supposed to be sunny on Wednesday, which I is today. So, People yeah. won't listen. Today is not good weather. Right. It's really rainy today as we record. But I have a shout out. Two of them. Uh, Leslie Shaver sent us a wonderful email and uh, says she wants to hang out with us and she promises she's not a psycho. Forget it. If she's not a psycho, she need not apply. Exactly. Only nuts, please. <laughs> and um, then uh, Pam Lacey, thank you for the email suggestion. And uh, we will put that uh, on our list. Oh, another uh, for, a, for another episode? For a case, yeah. Okay. She gave us some, a great suggestion. We're uh, looking into that. So thank you very much for that. So those are our lovely listeners. And I've got a couple uh, of shout outs, but I didn't bring them. I I left them somewhere on uh, some other electronic device. Typical. Other than the one I'm holding. Well, you're looking at a computer and you have a phone in your hand. So what other device do you need? I have a Kindle that I think I stored it on. But you use Google Docs and you say you use Google Docs because, you know, they flow with everything. They do. Except the Kindle. And, and I, that's where the I show just, Yeah, I did are. some notes on my Kindle. On right. another show that I'm working on. I was okay. thinking I would use it down the road, the shout out. Mm-hmm. So oh, I don't have okay. it now. All right. Well, maybe yeah. it'll, it'll work. Oh, you know what? I do have a shout out. I just remembered. Go ahead. It's actually, it's in my notes. I forgot. I put it down at the bottom in the wrong place. Well, this I, is a long road. Wow. <laughs> I need to shout out my coworker, Denny Peak. Okay. Uh, she's a big fan of the show. She always gives us great feedback. Thank she listens you. to the episodes on Wednesday morning, and mm-hmm. usually around lunchtime, we will have a uh, we'll have a little uh, study session, and she'll tell me what was good and what was bad. Yeah. And last week, while I took off on Friday to go watch the Cherokee County High School state playoff game, unfortunately, yeah. the, uh, the the Warriors finished second in the state of Alabama they did, this year, which but, is not that's not bad. No, not at all. It's not bad. It's disappointing. Second year in a row, second place finish. So yeah. I know they wanted to finish the job this yeah. year. Maybe they'll do it again next year. 
Disappointing, but guys, hold your heads high. Yeah, absolutely. Great season. But anyway, so she covered for me at the office while I went and watched the game, and then I went home and worked on this podcast while she continued to cover for me at the office. So thank you, Denny, for so all that you do. So basically, you're not working at all. You're not even a mediocre journalist that, anymore. That's, you're just not. You nailed it. Did, were you at the game to cover it for the newspaper or just no, to watch it? I, I just watched it. I had somebody that was there. Roy Mitchell is our sports correspondent and he was there. So Scott gets everyone else in the office to do his job so he can do whatever he All wants. All right, let's don't just beat this to death. Yeah, but basically <laughs> that's it. Well, thank you, Denny. We appreciate you. Even if Scott doesn't say that he appreciates you, we I just do. did. <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Don't think you're unappreciated. Yeah, not at yeah. all. Yep. Okay, that's okay. all I have. Is that everybody's shout out? Yep. All right. You got your Christmas shopping done? I tried to go Christmas shopping last week. I told you guys before we went on the air, I won't do it all again, but I, I was frustrated with shopping in person. So it's just, and I, most of my shopping takes place online anyway, and now exclusively online for the rest of my life. <laughs> for the rest of <laughs> Never going shopping in person again, okay. ever. All right. I've always hated to shop, and I just reaffirmed yeah. it last week. Yeah. Uh, Katie, what about you? You finished? Uh, no, not even a little bit. And I don't even have that many people to shop for, so it's just. Did extra you get my tragic. gift yet? Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, I have <laughs> gifts for the two of you. We we're we're going to do that next week, right? Yes. yes Are we going to do it on the air? Can we do it on the show? We'll record our gift. Okay. Gift. Ex, the great gift exchange of twenty twenty three. I know I have to wrap the damn thing. So mm-hmm. all right. you do because we need that sound. Yeah. Can you just get some sound gift. effects of Christmas paper? No, nope. no. You're going to wrap a present and we're going to open it. That's what's going to happen. All right. I'll get Denny to do it. Just kidding, Denny. Uh, of course you will. Of course you will. All right, I'm not. I'm not finished either. I was just. I do like gift wrapping. I don't have that. Like I said, I don't, I don't mind have it. that many. That many gifts to wrap. I haven't even received Christmas lists from the children. Hmm. Sounds like a strange cash in an envelope type situation. <laughs> that is usually Collins yeah. request. Gift, gift cards and, and cash. Don't do gift cards. Why gift not? cards are a scam because people okay. lose them. They don't spend them in the companies that you buy them from. They get the money whether you buy their products or not. Okay. Don't do gift cards. Mm. Well, unless it's a Starbucks gift card, then I load that thing on the app immediately and I okay. have it. A lot of gift cards, you can do that now. You can just go ahead and load it up right. on your app and then it's easier. Did not know so that. if you can do that, yeah. do the gift or card. Or load it thing. to your Apple wallet. But okay. always, if you can shop local, do that. Shop local, certainly. Yes. Yeah, I guess I yeah. should have talked about how I'm going to well, shop online from now on. You were sorry, Chamber. Even yeah. shopping local when you got your fill. That's true. I was in so Gadsden. You, you need yeah, to don't. Yeah, try yeah. to shop local. You wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been as crowded. I don't think. True. You probably would have got someone who would have actually helped you too. True. Yeah. You walk in a, set, a store and center, someone's going to know you. Yeah. They're going to help you yeah, too. I, I walked around in Belk for 20 minutes. I didn't see a single person who actually worked there. It's like a wasteland yeah. in there now. It, it really was. The mall, the closed-in mall is is a dying breed. And I love a closed-in mall. Mm. I do too. I had a great time walking around and doing a little window mm. shopping, but just don't go inside. You know, I don't the love stores. a closed-in mall. I love yeah. the whole uh, out, like the summit. You know how the oh, summit yeah. set up? I like that setup. Yeah, I just don't like walking around outdoors when I could be inside in a Same. climate controlled environment. Because like, yeah, I like I like being okay. outside. Well, to each his own yeah, or yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I like the summit, but then I don't like it when I need to move my car when it's time <laughs> yeah. to like to go down to, to the other end. Yeah. And so for I those had, of you who don't know, the summit yeah. is a huge outdoor shopping mall in Birmingham. Yes. 
on uh, right off of I fifty nine on two eighty. So and it's you know the dozens of shops and restaurants and uh, mm-hmm. there's a movie theater. Uh, there's a P.F. Chang's, which is my favorite place to go. They're not a sponsor, but they could be. It's so good. I love mm-hmm. P.F. Chang's. Anyway, yeah. sorry. There's also a Chewy's there. Yes. And I, I don't know had what that is. lunch there actually yesterday, and it was fantastic. Is Mexican? That, it's, uh, yeah, Southwest. Like Tex-Mex. Oh, yeah, Tex-Mex. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like flavored gum. Like in <laughs> no. Willy no, but Waka. it is good. They also have Cheesecake Factory there, which you can never go wrong with. I do have the Cheesecake Factory yeah. there. They're not a sponsor either, but they could be. <laughs> Um, so I have made it an art of strategically parking my vehicle, mm-hmm. depending on which side of the summit I want to go to. Yeah, there's my side, and then I strategically split. park my car, and then I just walk the whole thing. Yeah, and I love it. Make, I'm as happy. Just make a loop and come back. I'm as happy as a clam. What if you get too many gifts? What if you're What if you're loaded down and you've still got half a mile to go to get back to your vehicle? I usually don't have that much money. So uh, understood. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that. But if I were to do that, I'd just have to walk it to my car. Hey, more steps in for me. Okay, there you go. Spin it positively. I like it exactly. Yeah. Um. Have, have you guys noticed? We all watched season one of Monster on Netflix, right? That's when uh, they did the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Yeah. Evan yeah. Peters as Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, oh, he is that killed what that it. was called? That was called yeah, Monster. It's yeah. called okay. Monster. Did he uh, win an Emmy for that? He was nominated. I'm not sure if he did, but he pun intended. He killed in that role. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've announced what season two is going to be. Oh, what is it? The Menendez brothers. <gasps> okay. Remember that from 1989? Yes. Uh, Beverly Hills, the two twin brothers uh, shot their parents uh-huh. in their bed. That's going to be season two. They announced that last week on... Uh, Who's playing? I didn't see that anybody. far. Okay. I think they didn't get that far. They just teased with, here's what's coming up in season two of Ryan Murphy's Monster. Okay. It'll be monsters, plural, oh. this time. But I'm excited about yeah. that. If, and if you guys know any good true crime stuff to watch right now, I scr- uh, uh, scrambled around on Hulu for half an hour uh, yesterday mm-hmm. looking for something, and I just couldn't find anything that leapt out at me. So if you guys know something, let me know after the show because it's rainy and crappy, and I'm going to go home and watch movies this afternoon. Yeah, I'm really sad that they didn't come out with season two of Wednesday at, during this time. Yeah. You know, this time last year it was out, and I was able to watch well, it. Well, the writer's think, strike. I was about to say, do you think the strike got Yeah, on? the strike Did screwed actually, a lot of stuff. I would I think, think so. It, I thought they well, were already um, yeah, shooting. But, well, maybe so, but they still got to do post-production and, and the yeah. sound and the editing. So I know these guys were striking as well. So oh, I think okay. everything just gotcha. sat on the shelf for three months, four months while yeah. that got hammered out. So mm-hmm. I think it put everything behind. Yeah, I think it has really. And that's why a lot of reality TVs coming out right now. And uh, God, come on, yeah. guys. This uh, is killing me. Yeah, this me reality too. TV mess. Speaking of, I meant to tell this when I told uh, when we talked about Dahmer. That series had over one billion hours of worldwide viewing in the first 60 days. And there's only a couple of other times that's ever happened. Uh, one was stranger things. And the other was speaking of reality shows, squid game. Oh, and you know, there's a reality version of squid game that's available on Netflix right now. Oh, yeah, I've like watched the first two. episode. What, I saw something about season two. What is it? Isn't, it's, isn't that what the, it, they've the squid announced game? that season two is coming out. No, but isn't that Squid Game reality game? Isn't that season two of squid games? No, I, I, I think there's going to be a second season of, the mm-hmm. fictitious Squid Game uh, from South Korea, Didn't but this it. is a it's a reality game show mm-hmm. where the people are eliminated. Uh, they play the same games in the same order. Well, I've only seen the first one. They do red light, green light in the first episode. Okay, that's and, not what I and thought split it was. the four hundred and fifty six contestants right in half. They get rid of over two hundred and fifty of them on day one. Mm. So. 
Fast paced. It was very, and and so was the original. I don't know. I'm curious to see how they Did make you this like interesting. Game? I watched it uh, out of curiosity. Is that more why than it anything? Got so many I think so. Everybody was just. Well, was, I think people really liked it. It was, it, was, it was not my thing. I watched like an episode or two. It was brand new. I mean, it was it was something. Different. It was multiple episodes. Yeah, there were ten episodes of the original season, Squid yeah. Game. For some reason, I thought it was a movie. Yeah, so it's ten episodes. Oh, I, I don't know. And everyone is a a different game that is played by the contestants who are being sequestered in this closed area and there's a lot of mystery about who's putting the game on all these things are revealed over the course of the show of course are they uh, getting killed yes in the game in the in the yes not in the not, not in, in the, reality not right. in the game show version right but they just have a, a little squid pack uh, yeah, or right. a squid pack on their chest and when they get killed air yeah, quotes yeah. it bursts and they they you. are eliminated kind of like paintball that went on longer than i meant for it too i didn't mean for that to take i so thought long. about paintball in a while paintball so much fun the last time I love paintball. The last time I played paintball, it was with your husband and your husband and Sean Edwards and Jake and a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Who it was won? my birthday. Who won? Not me. If Sean Edwards gets a chance to wear to camouflage say, was, and shoot I'm a gun, I'm going to guess it's Sean Edwards. You're, you're playing for second place. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, somebody got shot in the balls. I think it might have been me oh. uh, and maybe Shane as well. I think Sean snuck up Yikes. on Shane and shot him at close range, and Sean, uh, Shane had like a a blister, a bruise for yeah, weeks. I could for sure say that happening. Yeah. So some of the funniest uh, streaming television that I have seen that's more modern. Let's, let me put it that way. There is an episode of Community where they have a paintball game. Oh, I love that yes. one. It's the first one. They have several, but but the very first one is hilarious. Oh, yes. Yeah. It mm-hmm. it, that's the last episode of season one, and then they continue no, I it. Think, I think it's close to the end, but it's not okay. the actual It's a two-parter. End. That, that is right? it? No, yeah. that's, I thought that was the second one. Okay, maybe it is. Sorry. So if you, it's close to the end of season one. Okay. And it is fantastic. You don't even have to watch the, no, I, I would say just turn that on. Yeah, you can watch that out. episode standalone. It doesn't matter yeah, if great. you've ever seen the show before. And I yeah. love community. Just, we all love community yeah, in this we room, do. right? We're big yes. fans. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, you wouldn't have to know anything about the show to, to enter, enjoy that. It takes place that. at a community college. So if you've ever been to a community college, you you understand. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get the references and the jokes and the, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a paintball. And the various ages of the students. Yeah. The yeah. Run the gamut the from little Annie, who is right out of high school, and then uh, to Chevy Chase, who's in his 70s. Well, that kind of, it's kind of like the law school I'm in now. Like, it, we, we run the gamut on, on ages. Is that like, right? Yeah. Like, there'll be, you know, people straight out of college who this is, you know, and then I'm kind of in the middle. It, right. Well, I mean, ish. And then there's, yeah. you know, a lot older than me, and it's just funny. Y'all should have a paintball game. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. suggest that. <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all want to model our lives after community? <laughs> and then it's I'm going to get the I'm going to get the 24 year olds who have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, they're not. Gonna That's know. a shame. But it's season one, and it's towards the end, and it's, it's a good one about paintball. I'm in the middle of season one again for like the fifth time. Me too. I love it. I, I just, just watch it all, and then I start it back over. Same thing. I, I, I Futurama love, and Community are my two I shows. I love the episode towards the end, maybe the last season where uh, Chin is doing the role of Mr. Miyagi, oh. and they're putting on the Karate Kid play. That episode is fantastic. I don't always watch the last couple of seasons. Go Usually, find I do the first one. four or five and then start over. Go it kinda, find kinda that kinda one. Fell off a little bit at the end. Okay, I will. towards the end, I believe it's the last season. Okay. Go, go find it. I will. It's fantastic. 
Anyways, well, but I digress. We yeah, got, now right. that we've rambled, we have. Yeah, we've a, rambled for fifteen minutes. We Let's, have uh, a true crime. Yeah, we do. We're still talk, doing true crime. We have today, true right? crime to talk about I've got today. One. Okay, well, what are we doing today? I've got part one of a two-parter. Okay, great. Uh-oh. What are we doing? You know the people love and hate this. Yes, I do. Mm. Sorry, Kevin Green, but you're welcome, Jamie Talent. Or do I have that backwards? No, Jamie, I, think I don't have. Yeah. I think they're both. I think everybody's okay with it now. Okay. As long as we put something out on Wednesday mornings, they're happy. Yeah, if True. I can get it to load on yep. Wednesday mornings, you know, you never know. <laughs> Katie can get the. You never know if to I'm going to get that text. It's not up. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday mornings, she well, hates them. <laughs> let's let's see what I've done this time. <laughs> or Scott will say, "Mine cut off early." That Mine's did happen. Not playing but, all the way, but yeah, it was Scott's own internet. Yeah, it turned out yeah. my internet connection dropped <laughs> with like thirty. Got to be like left. problem with episode, and I'm like. Yeah. No, not having a problem. She's just going to stop paying attention to those if we don't stop screaming that the sky is falling every freaking week. <laughs> oh, man. all right. So what? What is today? Are yeah, we? Are we? Are we, mm-hmm. are we finishing or getting towards the the end of our organized crime um, episodes? We are somewhere in the middle. Okay, I so think. here's another. We're, yeah. This is a callback. Just in time for Christmas. We d- we've we already done a couple of episodes. We did a three-part three series about the history of the mafia in America back in September. Yes. And Here we, we didn't get everything taken care of because I diverted on the third episode and we talked about mobster movies. But now we're, we're coming back and we're picking up those pieces. Yeah. Hither and yawn. Mm, there's uh, a season one. There's another, back. yeah, there's a season one reference. That was... Uh, as we move into season four, we'll be sprinkling in these mafia pieces. A smattering. Smattering. Yeah, of mafia stories. Right. All right, well. So back in the 1930s, J. Edgar Hoover's FBI came up with the term public enemy to describe the criminals who were the targets of its war on crime. And they met gangsters. John Dillinger, Machine Gun Kelly, Bonnie and Clyde. Speaking of callbacks, we've already talked about Bonnie and Clyde on the show. You'll have to uh, wade through the weeds and find it on Mm -hmm. our website. Yes. TrueCrimeOnEasyStreet.com. And we did a two-parter about Bonnie and Clyde, as a matter of fact. Uh, James J. Whitey Bulger. Mm-hmm. Is another person who ended up on the FBI's most wanted list. He got the nickname because of his light red hair. I guess maybe it looked white in the light. He had it mm-hmm. uh, back with fop, or he strikes me as a Dapper Dan man. Yeah, okay. And Bulger is just his last name. There's nothing he can do about that. Whitey Bulger sounds like a porno yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Well, of all of those public enemies, uh, Whitey Bulger turned out to be the biggest public enemy in the history oh, wow. of the FBI. Okay. Really? And he got the FBI into a shitload of trouble in the process. How did he do that? I'll tell you. You got to stick I around. I can't wait. Um, Whitey Bulger committed 19 murders over the course of his criminal career. 11 of them while he was an FBI informant. Mm. That's oh. a tease. Plenty more to tell you about that, but that's the, that's the short version. There's a twist. I don't really know that much about Whitey Bulger well, for him to be this this notorious. Yeah. Right. And as much as I love Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. I mean, I love him. We're going to talk about him today. I haven't seen this movie. <gasps> what? I know. Well, you're going to go home and watch it, it tonight. In between our two part series here, right. I will watch it. I want a full report via text message after you have watched it. I will. I love him so. Whitey Bulger's life story is that of a 1940s era juvenile delinquent turned bank robber in the 50s, turned cold-blooded killer in the 60s, 
and he then graduated to ruthless criminal boss in the 1980s. With, again, plenty of help from the FBI along the way. Crazy. He's a fugitive from justice by the 90s, and finally, he is captured in 2011 at the age of 81. That is the nutshell version of Whitey Bulger. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to crack that nutshell open and dig around and get the meat out and see what this is all about. Is that gross? You're making that face. Don't you call it like, isn't it meat Mm -hmm. in a pecan? Sure. Yeah. I love pecans. Let's talk about pecans. Pecans are delicious. Let's talk about pecans after the show. Go. Okay. Yeah. I thought it would be better to go ahead and give away the end of the story sort of a little bit, which is what I just did. You always do that. I know, but the rest of the story... How do you build suspense now? I'm going to try. Okay, we'll see. Somebody throw me a helmet or a lifeline. Okay. Uh, The end of the story is a bit of a letdown, but it's no letdown. It's it's a letdown compared to the rest of the story. But we won't have to worry about that until next week, and I will doctor it in with some other things. Okay, all right. And we'll make that work, perhaps. Okay. Uh, But for now... As the great Paul Harvey used to say, it's time for the rest of the story of this nutshell that we've cracked open. So our entire story today is going to be a setting the table segment, sort of. You know how Kevin Green likes those when we mix in some history. Because Whitey's story spans over 70 years in total. Mm -hmm. So we're going to lay out the timeline and juxtapose that with things, other things that were going on in the world at the time of Whitey's particular indiscretions. All right. So let's just begin at the beginning. And listeners will understand what I mean about setting the table if you are new to the show. So James Bulger, Jimmy, as he was known, Sonny to his mother. Oh. He was born on September the 3rd, 1929, just a few weeks before the October 29 stock market crash. Oh. And from then until the day he died in October of 2018 at the age of 89, Whitey Bulger Never knew anything except a life of crime. From the day he was born. Pretty much. And I, by that, I don't mean that his parents were criminals. Okay. Oh, that's okay. where I thought no, you were yeah. going No, that. dad was a union laborer. Okay. Mom was a homemaker. Okay. So salt, it wasn't the family. Salt of the earth people. Irish immigrants. Okay. okay. She was a first generation Irish immigrant. Okay. He was a second generation Irish immigrant. His parents had come from Newfoundland okay. to the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of Irish people settled in the Boston area. Yes, yes. As we all know. Yes. And there's one thing about those people who moved to Boston, especially those Irish, they were very clannish. They stuck together. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew their place. Everyone stayed in their lane. Everyone was very loyal to each other. I love that about Typical them. of the Irish. Yeah, they are that way. When Whitey was born, his mother was 23 years old. His father was 46 on his second marriage. Okay. Oh. Dad had lost an arm on the, uh, in the rail yards. Mm. And so the Bulger family was not very wealthy at all. In fact, they were poor. They were the working poor in Boston at the time. And now you have a father with one arm. He's not very productive. An older man. Yeah. Not very much in Whitey's life, or at least Whitey is so... Uh, uncontrollable. How old is he at this time? Uh, he was born in 29. Okay. So now we're hitting the Great Depression. Now we're in the middle of the Great Depression. So and there's, yeah. there are other siblings, the two younger brothers that, that Whitey has. Okay. Uh, Bill is five years younger and Jackie is a little bit younger than that. They, are, they both turn out to be great adults. Okay. And I'll get to them. But Whitey pretty much from day one, he was, he was a truant. He didn't go to class. 
Uh, at eight years old, he was breaking into stores and shoplifting and stealing cigarettes and candy and whatever he could get his hands on. But the Bulger family was poor. They didn't have a pot to piss in. That's what Whitey always said when he told about his family to other people. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. Mm-hmm. And that's a true story as near as I can tell. The Bulger family, a perfect example of the, like I said, the working poor in Boston. When Whitey was a kid, they moved into, the whole family moved into government housing. So one of the early uh, FDR programs, in, in, in the rush to try and create an economy that worked again after the Great Depression and the stock market crash, the government focused on jobs, but they didn't focus on where these people were going to live once they had a job. Mm. So they built public housing, government housing in Boston and in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. But the Bulger family moved into these uh, to these government housing projects, and that's where Whitey grew up as a kid. It was 41 Logan Way. That was their address. Their rent was $30 a month. Okay. And the only stipulation was that somebody in the household had to hold down a job. So dad would get menial jobs somewhere. Like I said, the Irish stuck together. Mm -hmm. So somebody was always looking for, hey, can we get Jim Bulger a job? He's got one arm, for God's sake. Let's, and know. he's got to have it for this housing. Yeah, and he's yeah, got that's, a wife that's and what, four kids. Let's get him a house. That's what makes you qualify for this housing. It's just you have to, to have, have a, job. a job. It doesn't matter what kind of job. That's right. Okay. Some menial job, usually. Job. Poll watcher on election day, that kind of thing. Just whatever gotcha. they could find for him to do. Mm. From the time he was in first grade until the time he took his very last breath, crime filled every waking moment of Whitey's life. His thoughts. Whether or not he was actively committing crimes... He lived a life of crime. Even in his later years, when he was on the run, he still had to think like a criminal because he was a fugitive from justice. Mm -hmm. He always was looking over his shoulder, constantly aware of the guy across the street that might look at him too long. He just, he lived a a life of crime. Mm. That sounds stressful. The first time White ever got arrested, he was 13 years old. And according to the biography that I read, and it's titled Whitey, the Life of America's Most Notorious Crime Boss by authors Dick Lair and Gerard O'Neill. I highly recommend it if you want to learn the, the entire story. Uh, Lair and O'Neill, writ, they've written three books about Whitey Bulger. One is Black Mass, which the film is based on. Yeah. The other is Whitey, the one that I read. And there's another one, I forget the name of it, but it's a very narrow uh, focus on the criminal activities of Whitey and his cohorts in the 70s. Okay. I think they wrote it first, and then came Black Mass, and then came Whitey. Okay. Now, these authors have written, like I said, a trilogy. That one was published in 2013, and Black Mass, the 2015 film, is based on another one, uh, and that stars Johnny Depp, as we mm-hmm. mentioned, who you will not recognize. As Whitey Bulger. You will and you think not about recognize Johnny Depp him. has very dark hair and, and sort of an olive-looking skin He doesn't have blue eyes either, but he does in Black Mass. And in this movie, he has none of those features. Yeah, he can. He is a chameleon. He can transform. Certainly. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in the film. Kevin Bacon, Jesse Plemons, Dakota Johnson. It's a fantastic film. I've watched it twice last week. If Kevin Bacon's in it. It's got to be good if Kevin Bacon's in it. It's got to be. Everybody loves bacon. uh, I talked about that part, um, but the, the, the other book that I didn't mention, the one that I don't remember the title of, is before Whitey becomes the boss of what is known as the Winter Hill Gang in South Boston. He's a member, and then some nefarious things happen, and Whitey becomes the leader of the Winter Hill Gang. Does Whitey make those nefarious things happen? 
Sort of. Okay. Yeah. All right. But for now, let's go back to Whitey's childhood just for a few minutes. So like I said, Whitey and his dad didn't really get along. Dad was constantly looking for a job and didn't... Mother Jean ran the household. Okay. She ran the the Bulger household. I bet she had to be tough. She had to be. I, I, I think so. Whitey was arrested for the first time at the age of 13 for larceny. And that oh. is the theft of someone else's property. He stole a car in March of 1943. That's the, the charge that I'm talking about. So he's stealing cars at 13. Yes. And that was just about the time that U.S. General George Patton got to South Africa to help the British push the Germans off of the continent of Africa. So that's World War II is going on at the time, and that's Patton's mm-hmm. first foray with the two corps, the army, uh, over into Europe. So that's what's happening on the world stage when this is happening to Whitey. But Whitey got lucky a lot of the time. Every time he got into trouble, the judge would give Whitey a break. Why, you think? Because every time the judge thought it was a first offense, because if the judge throws out the charge, the next time Whitey gets arrested, his, his record is clean. And it's not the same judge, so he doesn't remember Not the same judge every time, or it's an old fart and he doesn't remember, I don't know. Is Whitey just good at charming, or or is it his Yeah, that's that's definitely one of his looks, his demeanor, his attitude. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, this guy was a criminal. Here's part of how he learned to be a criminal, is how he learned to beat the legal system. Are these Irish judges? I I would assume so in the part of town where he lives, Mm -hmm. but I don't have any confirmation of that. Mm, Okay. He was a good student of crime. Sounds like it. Uh, Now, younger brother Bill Bulger, five years younger, he was a great student. He ends up being uh, one of the most powerful men in the state of Massachusetts in politics for a while. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that next week. Oh, boy, don't let me forget to. I've already teased one thing. Don't let me forget to do that. Okay, so, but back to Whitey for now. So Whitey, he was starting to develop this attitude. He's charmed. He's smarter than everybody else. Mm -hmm. He was arrested 10 times between the ages of 13 and 18. Larceny, robbery, assault and battery, car theft. Ultimately, he beat every one of those charges except one and got a $20 fine for the other one. No price to pay, basically, for Whitey. That's what he learned yeah. for all of his transgressions. Yeah, if you're not yeah. having any consequences I can to your do what, actions. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Pretty much. Yeah. Just a couple of months before Whitey turned 19 in 1948, he was arrested for assault with intent to rape. Dang. He and a couple of buddies coaxed a neighborhood woman into their car on a cold winter night to give her a ride home, mm-hmm. and they tried to assault her. Ugh. But she got out of the car and ran away before anything happened. She wrote down the number of the license plate, and oh. Whitey was picked up within an hour. That was the $50 fine. Did I say 20 It was 50 $50 he for pled attempted rape. He pled that down to something else. $50 fine. I don't wow. like it. And there are a few more of those in Whitey's teenage years, but you get the drift. That's mm-hmm. basically how that happened. So he's not really um, one of these bad guys that everybody kind of wants to get behind. You know, there are some bad guys that yeah. you're like, oh, there's, they're sticking it to the government there. No, know, he's a loner. Him. I mean, he's but on he's, his own. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's also doing some other things that, that 
the sympathy's gone. Yeah, the, you don't the, really. Right. I can the yeah. theft and all didn't bother me as much as as because yeah. you grow up in the depression. You're poor. You yeah. just this is what you learn to do. This is how you learn how to survive. I think but that then you had start a lot to do assaulting battery. Yeah, now you're trying to off. rape somebody. Yeah, changes nobody, things. Nobody can get behind you now, Whitey. I mean, it's you would think difficult that it would change things, but it didn't. But maybe somehow, someway, Whitey felt the neighborhood starting to close in on him a little bit because when he was 19, he joined the U.S. Air Force and he listed his mother as his emergency contact, not his father. Again, father was distant. Mm-hmm. Whitey spent three years and seven months as an airman in the uh, Air Force. Illinois, Kansas, Louisiana, Texas, even Bermuda for a little while. He was an airplane mechanic. He worked on B-29 bombers. Okay. And this Wherever is after the war? This is after World War II, yes. But they're okay. still using B-29, the World War II bombers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being phased out by 1949, but that's what he's learning to work on. Okay. That was the Enola Gay that dropped the Hiroshima bomb was a B-29. Yeah. We're going to have B-36s and B-58s before long, but not yet. It was a tense time in the world, though. Uh, and Whitey was still in the Air Force when the Soviet Union detonated its first atomic weapon in August of 1949. So the world, the hair on everybody's necks worldwide yeah. stood up when the Russians got the A-bomb mm-hmm. yeah. in 49. Whitey never saw combat, even though the Korean War started the next year, 1950, and lasted until 1953. And technically, did you guys know this? It's not over yet. I did not know that. They signed an armistice in 1953 in advance of peace talks that were supposed to take place in the months that followed. And the peace talks to this day have never taken place. Wow. So the Korean War is still technically uh, just on pause. That's wild. It's just something we never got around to. Yeah. I guess. Oops. Seems like a big oops. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Seems like we've had other things going on too. Yeah, yeah. this is true. The on, world has bo- always been burning. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Korea has too. Yeah. Yes. The world has always been burning. Uh, it was while Whitey was in the Air Force that he officially went to jail for the first time for getting what? into an altercation with a 34 year old woman in a bar in Great Falls, Montana. So he's got issues with women. Apparently. He was stationed in an Air Force base near Great Falls. The judge gave him 30 days in jail and then let him out after 12 days. Doesn't seem to have a respect for women or Does really not. anybody. Yeah, I not mean. anybody. Uh, three months later, Whitey got arrested again, this time for raping a 15-year-old girl. Good oh. Lord, Whitey. According to the book that I read, uh, the case turned into, quote, a classic he said, she said. The mother and daughter accused Whitey of rape. Whitey said, that's my girlfriend. How old's Whitey at the time? 21. And this was not that... 21 I mean, and 15, I, I understand. That's a big deal today, but I don't know that it was back then. Yeah. But also, you can rape your girlfriend. You that's can. true. You that's can. statutory rape. What? That's the legal definition. No, I, no, I just mean... You can, you can. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, that's my girlfriend does not mean that yeah. that not, was a consensual encounter. Right. That's true. That's irrelevant. Yes. Well, the county prosecutor bought it. He decided it was a lover's quarrel and dropped the whole thing. Of course, because that's what they're looking to do. So once again, Whitey had outsmarted the legal system. Well, did she dump him? Or he was just a man in the 50s. Or that. Yeah, good point. Did she dump him? I'm assuming. Let's also go further and say he was a white man in the 50s. Very true. Yes. His name's Whitey for crying out loud. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) He's very white. Yeah. I I looked up a picture of him. Yeah. Most of the old pictures of him are black and white, so you can't really tell. Yeah. So so all of this has happened, and now his swagger is even more pronounced. Of course. 
And he's, by this time, he has become, I think, a fully functioning psychopath, which remember from our previous episodes means that's that's someone who uh, appears normal, yeah. But lacks emotional attachment and remorse, right, Kelly? You're you're yes. you're closer to a doctor than me. Yes. Expound, please. Uh-huh. They are uh, very charming. Can be very social. So you know what what they're known of known as today is antisocial personality disorder. Don't really use psychopath anymore or sociopath, but it's all the same thing: antisocial personality okay. disorder, psychopath, sociopath. I know that that's but the come lack up of before. remorse. Lack of remorse is important, yeah. but that doesn't mean that they're not social. They can be very social and very charming, they, especially when they want to get what they want. Yeah, and it's just the the repercussions that they don't. Who cares? That they don't care about. Doesn't care. It doesn't right. matter to them who they hurt. So obviously, and Kelly has confirmed it, we are dealing with a psychopath here. Yes. And we will tell you more about him after these words from our sponsors. As we head toward the 2023 holiday season, the Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism wants to remind everyone who lives in the surrounding area to shop local. Shopping locally means having lunch at a restaurant in town or purchasing unique items in a local shop or boutique, or simply filling up your gas tank at the station down the street before hitting the road for a holiday vacation. Small businesses play a major role in maintaining our way of life by supporting our schools and nonprofits and providing jobs in the community. In short, they are giving back. The Chamber encourages you to give back to them by shopping local this holiday season. For more information, visit Cherokee-Chamber.org. Are you in the market for a full-time Weiss Lake home or recreational lot? Let Trini Davis and Elizabeth Powell put their all-star property group at Keller Williams Realty to work for you. Trini and Elizabeth are locals themselves, so they know the Weiss Lake area, and with over 40 years of experience, they're professional listing and buying agents, talented home stagers and photographers, and specialized marketing team will work to make your lakefront dreams come true. Check out the Keller Williams team on Facebook at All-Star Property Rome. You can also visit at All-Star Property Rome to browse their images on Instagram or give them a call at 706-844-7493. That's the All-Star Property Group with Keller Williams Realty at 706-844-7493. You can hit pause, call them now, and make your Lake dreams a reality. Are you a fan of true crime on Easy Street? Do you love us so much that you would like to be a sponsor? Well, here's how you can do it. Send us an email, truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail.com. We will send you a rate sheet. You can decide what you want your commercial to say, or we can customize it for you. That's how good we are, and that's the service we provide our lovely sponsors. So email us today at truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail.com for more information. Thank you to all of our sponsors. All right, Scott, let's go. Okay, so we have established that we are dealing with a psychopath. Yeah. Fast forward now, though, from uh, from Whitey's Air Force years. We're going to go to September of 1952. First of all, the first time ever open heart surgery was successfully conducted. That was at the University of Minnesota. I told you this guy's is going to be this is going to be a set the table thing scattered throughout. So, can you imagine being that patient? Yeah. Listen, sir, this is going to sound crazy, but hear me out. Yeah. This is the doctor talking to the patient. Yeah. Just there's this new experimental <laughs> surgery that we're doing where we gonna, we're just going to crack your chest open like a walnut. Yeah. And see now to me, I, you know, that I can't imagine a time that that wasn't a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Like no, well, none of us can. I mean, this yeah. was nineteen fifty what fifty two. Yeah, yeah so and, it's like and then strange. it's thirty years later. Artificial hearts came along. That was the early eighties. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, just now we're in a time where folks can donate their organs and people mm-hmm. live and thrive yep. because of the the love and kindness of other people. Yeah, like be, now I be hear, an organ donor. When, when absolutely, I hear people be an organ donor. Die of organ failure and stuff. It always. I'm like, how how do we do that still? Mm-hmm. Why are we there? Not? There are some 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 ways where it's just you can't do it. Oh, anymore. I don't know, but it just my but brain doesn't like, work like that. Yeah, that yeah. I'm not a doctor either. <laughs> yeah, no, not a doctor in the room here today. No. Mm-mm. So we said that's uh, that was September of 1952. It was about that same time. Whitey Bulger is back at home in South Boston by now. Miraculously, despite getting into several fights, at one point going AWOL, being arrested for attempted rape. Mm-hmm. He got honorably discharged from the U.S. Air Force on September the 3rd, he is 1952. Qu- he's, he's on his birthday? Uh, no, I'm sorry. He had been discharged right before his birthday, but his birthday was September the 3rd, 1952, and that was his 23rd birthday. So he's got to be a charmer. Got to be. All this is happening, yeah. and he's it's just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our psychopath is back home now. He's reinforced his tendencies with three years of military training. Enhanced his criminal tendencies, I guess you would say, with military training. Uh, he was ready to get back home and do what he wanted to do as he pleased. And there was no one around that Whitey felt had the ability or the smarts or the clout to stop him from doing that. And so his father never disciplined him. Is that what I'm hearing? That is correct. His father was just never around. Was it his father just didn't care, was neglectful of him? Or Maybe. was his father... Sick and hurt and more and just kind of weaker in I general. think his father was a rundown, weak old man with one arm because back at that time, he was 57. When he was 57 years old, uh, Whitey's father, the life expectancy for a white male in the United States was 61 years old. Uh, yeah. Checks out. Yeah. So, And then no one could do anything with him. Right. I mean, no, no one. Could. So when he gets back home, he buddies up with some other guys, and before long, they are uh, he and these other local toughs. Their specialty was robbing delivery trucks. Okay, liquor, cigars, cigarettes, whatever was portable and could be sold mm-hmm. quickly to fill their pockets with cash. Yeah, that iconic mugshot of Whitey Bulger wearing a fedora, staring coldly into the camera. You guys were looking at them during mm-hmm. the break. Mm-hmm. That was taken on March the 16th, 1953, following Whitey's arrest for his part in this string of truck hijackings. By 1955, Whitey had hooked up with a couple of professional robbers. Uh, The plan was to drive a few miles south of Boston to Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which, as far as I can tell, is famous today for being the site of Whitey Bulger's first ever bank robbery and nothing else. No offense. (laughs) Whitey and his two cohorts made off with $42,112. That's close to half a million today. That's a lot, yeah. That's a lot. So that was a pretty good haul. No one got killed in the process. It was the first bank heist in city history, and Pawtucket, Rhode Island, was founded in 1671. Wow. They made it a long time. Incorporated in 1886, but the first bank robbery. The, the guys each got an equal share of the loot, about one hundred a piece in 2023 dollars. Whitey was still successfully robbing banks in January of 1956 when one of the guys who had helped him knock off the Pawtucket Bank got arrested on another job and confessed to his part in that robbery and fingered Whitey as an accomplice. Oh, no. No good. 
That's not going to go over well with Walt. No, and now Heidi's a fugitive from justice. And mad. Describe guy. <laughs> yeah. And he was described in one police report as, quote, extremely dangerous, usually armed, a daring driver with feline agility. Mm. That's a police report of the day. With feline agility. Uh, he's, like t- a, he's a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> like a, he can drive like Smokey and the Bandit. He's a freaking ninja when he gets out of the car. It's Jackie Chan. Uh, <laughs> tipped off to his location, which was a late night cafe by an informant. By an informant. Okay. Don't forget that. By an informant. Got it. The FBI arrested Whitey Bulger on March the 4th, 1956. Okay. And so then for what would turn out to be... For the bank robbery. Yes. And that's the first of many times Whitey ratted out his friends, too. Okay, yeah. There's no honor among thieves. And because Whitey convinced the FBI to keep his disloyalty a secret, the judge sentenced Whitey to 20 years in prison for the bank robbery. But Whitey had rather get the 20 years than it be known that he ratted out his buddies. Oh, yeah. So Whitey began his prison sentence... In July of 1956, you guys remember the scene from Goodfellas where they're going into the Copacabana, the long shot. We've Mm -hmm. talked about it when we did Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. All right. That was the Copacabana in New York City. The same week that Whitey went to prison, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis performed for the last time ever together on stage at the Copacabana. Okay. Whitey spent his time at the Atlanta Penitentiary initially in an eight-man cell. So seven roommates. Sounds like a nightmare. It does sound Especially if they're hardened criminals. Yeah. Also, while he was in Atlanta, Whitey took part in what years later turned out to be a CIA-led experimental psychedelic drug testing program. And I'm not touching that story with a 10-foot bong. If you want to find out about what MK Ultra was, knock yourself out, look it up. I've, I've seen you don't a want to, why, why don't you want to touch that story? You guys want to talk about it? So Whitey and these other inmates, in order, in an exchange for uh, time off for good behavior gotcha. at the end of their sentence, yeah. they take LSD. Right. And they are being led to believe that is that is for a treatment, a possible treatment for um, uh, anxiety. Oh. But it turns out years later in the 70s during some congressional hearings that it was a CIA experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to figure out if they could control people's minds by using LSD. And what did they determine? I don't think that that program is still uh, functioning today, so I guess it was a failure. I'm going to say that they probably learned that people who take LSD are very unpredictable. Yeah. And uh, that's what Whitey learned. And not able to be controlled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's yeah. there's a movie from, it's probably 15 years old now. It's a George Clooney movie. It's called The Men Who Stare at Goats. Uh-huh. It is, and it's, I think it's a fiction, but it's based on some facts. And if you if you dig around in on Google and type in MK Ultra, yeah, I've you'll listened find out to a that. podcast on that before. On the it's MK basically Ultra. LSD, though, right? That's exactly it's right. But it was just exper- They were just experimenting on these people and not telling them really why. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, why he was one of them? And Scott says he's not going to talk about it, and then he tells us all about it. But they. Well, but, I wasn't going to. But why do? And the rest of the folks agreed, sort of. Yeah. And this is why- Under false pretenses, And, and let agree. me say this, because I, I can relate to this today, not LSD, but you have people in jail or prison, right. and you want to do experiments. Why not? Could be a social experiment, could be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
there's so much red tape and there's so much you have to have an internal review board you have to make sure that you do all these different things we had to do all of this just because we were doing a substance abuse treatment program in the jail right Mm -hmm. and because we were funded by the federal government it was considered research so we had to have all of these consent forms we had to have all all of this irb um oversight because of this and it's because of things that's like right this. it's because of this well because but it was the freaking government yeah. that did it that right. started it yeah consent's a tricky thing when you're already in car- incarcerated because like, can true. you actually consent if i'm lowering your jail time right it's just, well it's true. and also i lied to you about what you're doing to begin with well that's the psychological experimental way <laughs> right yeah. yeah i don't know you guys ever did acid i did it twice in college never no it's pretty freaky no i mean I tell people this all the time, but I I cannot partake in drugs. Have you ever listened to me speak at all? <laughs> I run at a very high cadence anyway. Like there's, there's I don't need anything. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's um, that's a, a debate for another day, I yeah. guess. But well, yeah, the first time of over a dozen times that Whitey was given LSD to experiment with that was on that was in Atlanta on October the eighth, nineteen fifty seven. It was four days after. Sputnik was launched by the Soviet Union, the first ever satellite to orbit the Earth. Artificial okay. satellite. Beat us. Remember Whitey's studious little brother, Bill? Yes. He's a law student at Boston College at this time. And he was plugged into the political scene in Boston already, even as a college student. He became a staunch advocate for his big brother, Jimmy. The family did not call him Whitey. He was Jimmy in mm-hmm. the family. Mm-hmm. The cops called him Whitey. The cops gave him that name as a child when he got into trouble as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I guess because he's this Irish kid, but his hair's lighter than yeah. the other Irish Lighter kids. red than the rest, so yeah. it's white by comparison. Whitey. Yeah. Brother Bill's undying dedication and advocacy for Whitey would be, uh, it will be a common thread through the rest of this story. Why, what is he... Why is he an advocate for Whitey? Because it's his big brother. Just he, it, loyalty. It's loyalty. It's, it's that loyalty. Big brother. And admiration, and I, sure. Yeah. But it's that Irish loyalty. Yeah. Well, I mean. I, That's my I, brother. It's my, it's, well, it's family. Yeah. It's family. I get it. You guys want to guess one of Whitey's fellow inmates while he was in Atlanta? Hold on. What oh, year? Wait. 1957. Hold on. 1957. Hold on. Did he, uh, did, I don't, he, did he end we've up? We've talked about him before. Go ahead, he, Katie. Did he end up in uh, Alcatraz? Yes, he did. Names are escaping me. Yeah. Frank Morris. Frank Lee Morris, played by Clint Eastwood in the film. Got it. The mastermind escape of the Alcatraz. Alcatraz escape. That's another two-part series that we've done on this podcast. Find it for yourselves. I'm not telling you anymore. Go back and listen to those. Those are really good. He was the mastermind of that getaway. Um, skipping ahead just a little bit. Morris, as we have discussed, eventually gets sent to Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. That's for trying to escape from prison in Atlanta. Right. Remember, he was a... Because if you break, if you try to escape from prison, they were sending you to Alcatraz. Exactly. Yeah. Criminals get sent to prison. Bad criminals get sent to Alcatraz. Mm. Can't hold you here. We'll hold you there. Right. And on November the 13th, 1959, after having been involved in several escape plots of his own, of his own, Whitey also got to take his first ever jet plane ride out to San Francisco Bay. He went to Alcatraz. That's right. right. (laughs) I'm sure we talked about that in the Alcatraz episode. I think maybe briefly. I I don't know if we did or not, to be honest with you, because Whitey Bulger was not on our radar at the time, and he wasn't Mm -hmm. there for very long. He was the exception to the rule. Whitey was only at Alcatraz for like 28 months. Why? And most, 
because the LSD. No, because his little brother. Oh, was little an brother is helping. As soon as Whitey was eligible for parole, and I'll get to it in just a minute. But okay. uh, little brother Bill writing letters to the parole board, calling the prison, and talking to the warden at Alcatraz, wanting to make sure that Whitey is being taken care of. Just a just a huge advocate for his brother all throughout his life. Mm-hmm. So we're compressing a little bit together here, but Whitey said in later years that he preferred Alcatraz to Atlanta because why? There was a much smaller prison population. I bet the food, food was better. Food was much better. We've already discussed how mm-hmm. the prisoners love the food at Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. About 300 prisoners at Alcatraz. And he there had were, his own room. And he had his own room because everybody was in a solitary cell at Alcatraz. He could read. Mm-hmm. The library there at Alcatraz. He was an avid reader. I'll give Whitey this. Not a complete dirt bag. He was, at least for his entire life, mm-hmm. was, a, was a dedicated reader. Loved to read. What do you read? Do you know? Uh, yeah, he read biographies, uh, world history, military history. He was really into military history. Okay, so he wasn't, he wasn't really into fiction or any of that. He's, he's a historian, yeah, I guess. that's right. Okay. Uh, and like we said, Whitey had his own cell. Food was great. Whitey, uh, he once wrote a letter to his mother and said that he looked forward to every meal. Hmm. Well, they had a chef, didn't they? That's right. <laughs> and Alcatraz. And remember, I don't we remember. We talked the, about that. I don't remember the menu, but we read one of the menus. Yeah, and it sounded wonderful. It sounded terrific. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone ate the same thing there. So the guards were well fed. Yeah. The warden was exactly. well fed. The, the warden ate the same food. Of the, the people who lived there. That's right. So it was while Whitey was serving time at Alcatraz that little brother Bill was first elected to public office. He was elected to serve as a state representative in the legislature from South Boston. Whitey said he was proud of Bill for choosing a profession that had a good salary and paid a pension. (laughs) One month after Frank Morris and the Anglin brothers escaped from Alcatraz in June of 1962, Whitey was transferred to Leavenworth Prison in Kansas and endured a few more transfers with little brother Bill screaming and writing letters and trying to pull strings every time before he was finally paroled on March the 1st, 1965. Okay. At age 35, Whitey Bulger, a dangerous psychopath we have established. Yes. With mad driving skills and feline agility. And usually armed. And usually armed, was headed home. And oh, woe to the people of South Boston. Because all Whitey Bulger knew how to be was a criminal. And we will tell you about what he did when he got back home next week in part two of this episode. And I think I can guess why Brother Bill didn't have a long history of politics. Oh, he had a long <laughs> oh, he did? history. I was thinking that the area got mad at him and was like, no. you did this. It was well okay. after the uh, Bulger shit had hit the fan. Before Bill Bulger, uh, oh, okay, so they're paid loving for his him. mistakes. They're loving him right now, absolutely, and, and will for a while. Then uh, this is sixty-five, yeah. so for the next uh, thirty years. Holy cow! Uh-uh. What's the other years. brother doing? Just he's the other Bulger brother. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a successful businessman. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay, all right. In in South Boston. Okay. Anyway, it's nuts. Uh, don't forget to say something nice about us. On your podcast platform of choice, if it's Apple Podcasts, please give mm-hmm. us a five-star review. You keep your four-star reviews to yourself. That's right. If you can choose your platform of choice, move on over to Spotify. Yeah, we do appreciate that. that. Yeah. yeah, the more there, the merrier. You, uh, some of you have already made that move for us, and, and I appreciate it. I'm talking to you, Dad. 
Way to go, sending, Dad. I know. I was sending Dad uh, the, the podcast, and he's like, I have Spotify now. Wow. So, thanks, Dad. Okay. All right. Um, so, more on this next week. Is that it? Are we done? We're, We're done. done. Good night, everybody. Well,